Today is Thursday, September 8th, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. A Disney-owned network is launching a show called Little Demon, and it's as bad as it sounds. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you the Christian perspective on the news of the day. If you agree with that mission, you want more of it, you can help. Subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating, share it with a friend. Let's all get through the news of the cray together, sharing the values that we actually hold, not these worldly secular values. So joining me as always to help us get through it all, Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faith Wire Trey has the day off. Billy, what's going on? I am, I'm living the dream. Friday Jr., as Trey Friday would say, Junior. Trey has coined that phrase. I think we need to sell the t-shirts. Friday Junior. Who doesn't want a Friday Junior t-shirt? It's Little a great Monday, phrase. Friday <laughs> a Little Junior, Monday, Friday yeah. Junior. Getting you through the week. Getting you through the week. It takes a lot with all the insanity going on. And this story, Billy, that you're covering is one of those stories that's pretty insane. I mean, you wonder if they're doing it just to needle, but we'll get into this little demon show that you've covered here in a few minutes. And uh, coming up on the main thing as well, the American gospel versus the biblical gospel. Dr. Michael Brown stops by to explain the difference. But up first, we're going to go through the news here in 90 seconds. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen announced yesterday that the EU would propose a mandatory target for reducing electricity consumption during peak demand. Basically, they're telling you and telling citizens to turn down their power. Here's what she said. And this is what is expensive, because in these peak demands, the expensive gas comes into the market. So what we have to do is flatten the curve and uh, avoid the peak demands. We will propose a mandatory target for reducing electricity use at peak hours. What's caught people's eye is the use of the phrase flattening the curve sounds familiar. European powers, they're scrambling to address energy shortages as natural gas prices increase more than tenfold. Former President Barack Obama was at the White House yesterday and he thanked Joe Biden. Here's what he had to say. Thanks to your decency and thanks to your strength, maybe most of all, thanks to your faith in our democracy and the American people. The country's better off than when you took office and we should all be deeply grateful for that. So thank you so much. And critics, of course, are questioning Obama's claim there that the country is better off with record high inflation, gas prices, and other economic woes plaguing the country. Obama and former First Lady Michelle Obama were at the White House for the unveiling of their official portraits. And a Justice Department official recently labeled the Religious Liberty Legal Group Alliance Defending Freedom, the ADF, as a hate group in responding to a LinkedIn post from an acquaintance who said he was excited to speak at the ADF Eric Bruskin, who's an assistant director at the Justice Department, he replied by saying, this is a hate group. You're speaking at a conference for a hate group. Are these the beliefs you hold? If so, then it's time we end our professional association. You can catch that full story and more of today's top headlines over at CBNNews.com. And Billy, just that last story there, the ADF calling it a hate group. That's that's interesting coming from an official at the Justice Department. Because that's language we see from the Southern Poverty Law Center labeling a Christian group 
as a hate group, that sort of vibe seems to be getting more and more commonplace. Well, yeah, and, and let's remember, they're losing Supreme Court battles to this group. So, of course, when you have a group that's yeah. bringing cases up that, um, <laughs> you know, are being won and they're changing not only the, the current culture, but really future the future of America through those cases, yeah, they're going to go after them. Um, but I think it's interesting you bring up the Southern Poverty Law Center because that's exactly where this is really coming from. And again, we see people, they see an opinion they don't like, they want to not only strike it down, but they want to label people so that they're no longer welcome to have that view. It's a scary prospect. It really is. Yeah. So, and that's why we're always going to call it out when we see it, because it's this demonizing of Christians that people are getting more and more comfortable with, and they really shouldn't. So those are some of the headlines there. Again, check them more out over at CBNnews.com. So the story at the top that we mentioned, Little Demon, this is a new show that's coming out on FX, which is Disney-owned. What in the world, Billy, is Little Demon about? Is it as bad as it sounds? And yes, that's pretty much a rhetorical question, but... It's, 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 worse. <laughs> it's actually worse than it sounds. Yeah. It's, it's an animated show. It's on FXX, which is a network okay. that apparently targets 18... It's still FX, but it's one of their offshoot networks that targets 18 to 34-year-olds. So that's the demographic, but it's an animated show about a woman who mates with Satan. Yes, you heard that correctly. And produces an antichrist. She has this little girl who becomes a teenager and is the antichrist. And it's obviously raising eyebrows. It's making waves. um, And and a lot of people are deeply concerned about it. But that's the premise of it. And Satan is apparently trying to get his daughter back now. He wants custody of his daughter's soul. And Satan's played by Danny DeVito. Who does Aubrey Plaza play? She's from Parks and Rec. She's playing the mother, Laura. Um, I believe the name is Laura. Right. And the daughter is Chrissy. The Antichrist is Chrissy. Gotcha. By the way, the Antichrist is a 13-year-old girl. Very dark, very twisted. So how are how are critics reacting? What are they saying here? Well, you know, there's everything from shock to, well, we shouldn't be shocked because this is where our culture is going. But we sat down with Mike Signorelli, who we've had on before. He's a senior pastor out at V1 Church in New York City. And he basically said, look, if we went back 30 years, everybody would have been universally shocked and appalled. But here we are. Culture has denigrated. Things have you know incrementally changed. And year to year, you start to allow certain things to seep in. And this is where you end up. You end up with with a culture where this show is now acceptable. All right. People are talking about this in an acceptable way. Some of the reviews are negative. Some of them are positive um, for this. And I would note too, it's not just the storyline, right? You've got Laura, the mother is a pagan. She's a witch. You've got those elements. It's very violent. There's a lot of language in this. And again, it's, it's, For 18 to 35-year-olds, but one of the things when you ask about reaction that a lot of people are wondering about, why is there a 13-year-old girl as one of the main characters in a show that's geared toward 18 to 35-year-olds? That's a little strange, and and it's a cartoon, right? Yeah, and uh, there's some dark imagery in it, too. I watched the trailer, and you see a lot of things that you'd normally be reserved for a horror show, levitations, head spinning, you know, bodies doing weird things that that sort of thing we're all in the promo clip so it's Aubrey Plaza and so and Danny DeVito you know they're comedians so how much is this just them trying to get a reaction out of people and does that excuse the content to kind of say well it's just comedy and they're kind of poking fun at all this or is it still go beyond the pale as it pertains to sort of dabbling with the demonic yeah, I think it's interesting because you've got two different ways you could look at it, right? And this is, you know, how some of the critics are looking at it. In one sense, 
it's normalizing these these issues, right? It's making it yeah. look not only normal but attractive. We can laugh at it. Um, it. It's introducing it to people. And again, having a 13-year-old in it, it makes you think they want kids to be watching it, right? Yeah. Like, why is there a 13-year-old in this animated show about the devil? But the other part of it is sort of the laughing off of it. You know, as a culture where we are right now with so many people rejecting Judeo-Christian values, when you start to laugh it off on the flip side, you start to say, well, are we making it so flippant that we just convince people more that these things don't exist? So you've actually got two different arguments that are that are polar opposite that, but that both might simultaneously be true for different populations, right? Depending on who you're dealing with there. Yeah, and I saw an interview with the cast and Aubrey Plaza was talking. They, they said, why do you like this show? And she was saying, I, because it's promoting paganism and witchcraft and you can't tell with her because she's so kind of dry and you don't know if she's completely joking about that but um i don't know that she is you know i i think maybe she really thinks paganism is great and and witchcraft is great i mean i I wouldn't be surprised at all it is interesting to me that disney this isn't the first thing that they've done that's kind of dabbling with these sort of dark themes no, there was the Owl House. Um, there were yeah. was another show. I think Star versus the Forces of Evil, which I've not seen. They, you know, they even mentioned you know one million moms mentioned Maleficent, which people have different views on that one, obviously because she's a villain. Um, but but there have been a number of shows that have gone into this realm. Again, with everything else Disney has going on, it's intriguing to me that this was something that was greenlit. To your point about Plaza, you know, it's interesting. She, in 2013, did an interview talking about witchcraft. This is a, this is a theme. She also wrote a book about a Christmas witch, right? So this is actually, mm. it's interesting in her, I don't know what her journey is, but it sounds like whether she's joking or not, there have been multiple interviews over the years where this has been a topic that has come up for her. So it's intriguing that here she is and she's part of this story. Now, again, they're probably laughing this off like it doesn't exist, like it's not real, but they very clearly are pulling from these biblical themes and putting this in here. And again, if you're a parent, the concern I think is you've got a cartoon, kids love cartoons. It's got a lot of bad language, a lot of violence and a lot of very demonic themes that we need to be very careful, make sure our kids aren't stumbling upon this and watching it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the themes are not going to be friendly to Christians. I'm sure whatever the Christians roles are in this film, they're going to have or in the series, they're going to have them in there. And they're not going to paint them in a positive light. It's just best to stay away from that kind of stuff, as you've covered over and over again, playing with fire. You know, it always starts with somebody dabbling in, you know, a Ouija board or something like that. And it kind of gets them going further and further off the rails. So, all right, Billy, thanks. Uh, thanks for bringing that story. That leads us into our main thing today. The American gospel versus the biblical gospel. What is the difference? Well, Dr. Michael Brown, who's a well-known Christian writer and author, He's stopping by to explain the difference and how churches are being more and more seduced by politics on both sides of the aisle. So we talk a little bit about that on today's main thing. All right, so I'm going to I'm going to start with it with a simple question and that question is what convinces you that Christians have really confused politics with the gospel in this way? Well, I'm an eyewitness to it. I, I lived through it as as we did, especially in the 2020 elections. I agree that we're dealing with existential issues. I agree that the battle for life, pro-life, the battle for family, international issues, Israel, there are massive things. And, and we really realize that, that one party may be going in a direction that we agree with and the other party we disagree with, or one candidate is gonna fight for us and the other candidate gonna fight against us. But when we put our trust in the political system to change society, 
when we become more consumed with winning the elections than winning the lost, when we marry the gospel with, with politics, when our Christianity becomes an appendage to a political party, we have confused politics with the gospel. I never saw more fervent prayer across America than I did among believers right before and after the 2020 elections. But it wasn't prayer for revival. It wasn't prayer for the Great Commission. It was prayer for a candidate to win the elections, a candidate I voted for, but recognizing that only Jesus can save America. And when we look to a person to do what only God can do, when we look to a flawed human system, because politics is part of the flawed human world, when we look to that to do what only the gospel can do, we have been confused. And I watched it happen in front of my eyes, almost to fever pitch. We were more obsessed with the elections than we were in love with Jesus. At least that's how it felt. Dr. Brown, you were talking about something that I find really interesting, and it's that sort of cultural coming into the church, right? And we saw this with Obama, and we saw it again with Trump. With Obama, there were a lot of claims of, oh, look, you know, people on the left are worshiping him. He's being held up, you know, as a messiah. And there were all sorts of jokes about that. But it does seem like culture has come into the church in some ways, as you were talking about. How do we course correct that? How do we turn back time on that and fix it? Yeah, we've got to become Jesus-centered, Jesus-consumed, God-consumed people. Uh, President Obama was the chosen one. I, I mean, they had they had the messianic imagery. It was he was the chosen one, and and I I saw pastors, Christian leaders, quoting scriptures about the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Christ, and applying that to Trump. Thinking, what what are we? Have we lost our minds? But it's just like Israel when they wanted a king because they weren't happy with God. You have to think, your average kid, let's say they go off to school, they're, they're in a secular environment, a public school, and maybe ungodly influences all day, and, and then you think if they spend three minutes of quality conversation with their parents, that's not going to undo all the junk. Well, it's the same with, with adults. If we are just absorbed with the news cycle, if we are just consumed with the latest social media posts, blasting this one and mocking this one and so on and so forth and getting all worked up, they're stealing the elections for us or we'll never be free again, whatever it is. And then we come to church once a week. That's not going to balance it out. So what we have to do is regain our focus. I, I've been doing monthly prayer retreats. I cut down on my travel schedule to spend one weekend a month just alone with God, praying and seeking his face. It, it has been so important for me to do that. Even with the busyness of ministry, you get pulled. No, no. Get back down in the street. Everything is small in this world. America is small. The most famous politician is small. The kingdoms of this earth are here today, gone tomorrow. Only God is big. Only God demands that level of worship. And, and look, whoever comes in, whatever the political leader is, there's only so much good they can do because they're regular human beings. And we got a system with the, the good old boys and this party versus that party. It's only the gospel that's going to bring about real change. And in this world, we'll never see complete transformation until Jesus returns. So the whole heart and soul of this is to recapture our adoration for the Lord. And, and then with a, a burning heart, let's go out and make a difference in our communities. Let's go out and bring the Great Commission. Let's go out and help those in need. Even if you look at the, the BLMs and Antifas and these others and the riots and the madness of that, Behind it is this idea of a Marxist utopia. 
that, that everything's just going to be equal and perfect for everyone. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen in the political system on either side. But the gospel is the hope. If we refocus on the Lord and regain our passion and adoration for him, then the lesser gods will fade away. Yeah. And, um, and I think people forget a few things. Number one, they forget uh, that God is the one who raises and deposes kings. So any ruler that comes in did not come in apart from the sovereignty of God. So, I mean, that is something to keep in mind. A lot of people were saying like, you know, you know, a lot of Christians will say like, oh, well, this leader, you know, when the guy they like is in, they say this person was in, I look, look at what God's doing here. Well, God's also doing something when the other guy gets in, right? You, I mean, look at yeah. how many bad kings there were in Israel over the years. I mean, it's, it's a lot more than good ones. In um, fact, so I, I, I've, yeah, I've I, asked the question uh, for those of us who voted for Trump and, and thank God for the good that he did and for the access Christian leaders had to him. It was unprecedented and he had many good appointees. I, I'm deeply grateful for that. And, and he, he paid quite a price for doing that. The problem is when we have, quote, our man, for those of us who voted for him, our man in the White House, we tend to look to the White House. And when we don't have our man in, we tend to look to God in prayer. Often we see greater revival in the church, greater progress in the church when we have someone in power that we don't like because we get the one in that we like and we put our trust in them. And it seems we never learn. Often what we think is for our worst is actually for our best if we'll learn our lessons. Amen. I was exactly where I was going with that. My, my next point was going to be, I think Christians don't like to hear this, but where Christianity, not that you pine for, you know, oppression and, and persecutions going on, but when you look at where Christianity flourishes, a lot of times there's a common theme. And I mean, look where it's flourishing now in China, in the Middle East, Iran, all these places you're seeing Christianity emerge. It's where they're oppressed the most. And, and I think it's exactly for the reason that you mentioned. So I want to just turn to the people watching that. Like, how can they, Dr. Brown, in your estimation, gauge when maybe they've kind of veered into this territory? You know, this is the uncomfortable sort of self-evaluation that I think people need to go under. But what, what do you think they should be looking for to think, maybe I have an unhealthy balance here? Yeah, so I, I do my best in the political seduction of the church to be practical and to, to, to sketch out, this is what happened. In other words, here are the symptoms. Did this happen to you? You, know, you go to a doctor and he starts asking you questions for the symptoms. So we try to lay out some of the symptoms. I, I mentioned when we're more consumed with winning the elections than winning the loss, when we wrap the gospel in the flag. But I'd say, what, what's the condition of your heart? Are you absorbed with the Lord worshiping him, recognizing that God is on the throne, or are you just focused because we got to win these elections? we gotta, we got to shift the balance of power. What, what dominates your thinking? more? Well, if I went to your social media page, would I see that you're just like the world, that you're attacking the other side, that you're just as nasty, that, that you're posting memes, mocking a political candidate? Or would I find that it's about the Lord and about honoring the Lord and about blessing your brothers and sisters? Where's your focus? What dominates your heart? The late Larry King made a comment that, that he thought all over America during the Trump presidency that not a day went by that his name was not mentioned at least one time in someone's home across America. And I thought, I wonder in Christian homes what we're talking about more, who we're talking about more, who has our focus, and are we confident, having prayed and put everything in God's hands, that he is sovereign and in control, or do we think everything is out of control and in the hands of, of earthly people? I, I had to guard my heart against election fever 
in 2020 because I knew as one who writes on these things and, and does radio on these things, it's so easy to get you caught up. I'd have to step back and worship God and say, you are God, you are king, exactly what you said. You are sovereign. And I bow down. Is there peace and confidence in your heart there or constant agitation because of the elections? Something's wrong if it's the latter. Dr. Michael Brown, uh, the book is The Political Seduction of the Church, How Millions of American Christians Have Confused Politics with the Gospel. There, there's a lot more we could talk about, but we're going to have to leave it there because of time. But I encourage everyone to get the book and uh, really appreciate you spending a few minutes with us here today on the program. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Great conversation there with Dr. Michael Brown. Love having him on and hearing his insights on different things. And hopefully, and Billy, hopefully everyone, each one of us, hopefully was a little convicted uh, in hearing. We get the full conversation coming up on uh, Faith versus Culture on the CBN News Channel. But uh, hopefully people feel convicted on that because that's something that should stretch across both aisles, really. Yeah, it's something, it's something that we should be pondering and thinking about, not just today while we're listening to this, but but every day, really, or at least, I mean, especially in an election cycle, yeah. doing those check-ins with ourselves. Yeah, right? it's going to get heated and people are going to get emotional and we all are because we all have our views and um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a highly divisive time out there. And so there's going to be a lot of temptation to dive into that game and great to fight for the things you believe in, but and the policies you believe in and the politicians that you want in there, but we cannot let it overtake our top spot on our priority list, which is glorifying God and all that we do. So um, good, good topic there. Good, good talk with uh, Dr. Michael Brown. He's a great guy. So, all right, that leaves us with time with one last thing today, Billy. And uh, I wanted to look at Isaiah five, cha uh, chapter five, verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. So I think that verse, I mean, I read that and I just read it a few days ago in my daily reading. And man, it really makes me think of today. We are living through this. There are so many things that are evil that are being called good and being celebrated. And this demonic show here is one that we just talked about. Of course, one of the ones that's form, foremost on my mind is this transgender drag shows with kids going up there, regardless of what your views are on transgender issue, putting kids up there through that. It's, man, there's a lot of stuff out there that sure seems to fit the bill on that verse. Yeah, you see those libs of TikTok posts where yeah. they have the picture and it says family-friendly drags right. and they circle the picture of something horrific going on with a kid watching it. And, it, you know, not to like overload on Bible here, but it makes me think of Matthew 18, 6 too. You're hurting these children oh. in, in horrific ways. Yeah, and and we're just seeing more and more in different issues. Those are just the most obvious ones that come to mind. But man, I mean, people really have to pay attention to what God calls us to do, what God calls us to be because uh, culture is going off the rails. It really is. And it always has, but I feel like it just feels more amplified these days. So, all right, we're going to leave yeah. it there. That's all the time we have for this episode. As always, get on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. If you haven't left a rating on this podcast, please do so and uh, subscribe if you haven't already. So God bless. Lord willing, in that creek don't rise. We'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs>